What's up, podcast listener? If you're sitting at your desk or riding in your car, know that today you're joining a family of basketball professionals who are trying to change other people's lives through the game that changed theirs. This podcast is going to take you along the journey of basketball entrepreneurs and how they make a living from the game that they love. If I say anything, anything that gives you value in this episode, please go to iTunes and leave me a top five, top five, top five review. And now let's get to the show. Hey fam, thank you for tuning in. In this episode, I'm going to be talking with Coach Paul Easton of Drills and Skills Basketball. It's only a 24-minute interview, but it's jam-packed with a lot of good content. We talk about how Coach Paul has managed to grow a social media following on Instagram of 161,000 people without using any kind of paid advertising. It's all organic. He posts about three times a day, and he has a couple of other tips that he would suggest to other basketball trainers who want to grow a following and why he thinks it's even important to grow a following, how that helps him with his offline business and how he does all of this stuff with the daytime job. So we cover a lot of topics in this short interview and it's jam packed, a lot of good stuff. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you are not in our basketball trainer group on Facebook, it's a closed group and full of only uh, well-knowledge, well-versed trainers who are there to help each other get better so we can serve athletes with the business side and with the actual training side. Uh, the coach, Paul Easton's in the group, Augie Johnson, Jesse Mitch, Damon Altizer, Colin Costello, Ben Tier, a lot of big-time trainers are in this group, and they're all helping each other out. We're all helping each other out to get better at our craft. So go to Facebook and type in Hoops Institute dash building your basketball training business. Join this group so you can get some edification. You can become better every single day. There's a lot of good topics going on in this group. I will give you access to it whenever you request it and hope to see you inside and also hope that you enjoy this interview that I have with Coach Paul Easton. Yeah, so everybody, thanks for joining. I have with me Coach Paul Easton. He is the founder of Drills and Skills Basketball. Coach, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you, man. I think from what I'm seeing, what I've read, you came to the States from from the UK in 2005, correct? Yep, uh, from Scotland, the United Kingdom. Yep, 2005, yeah. From Scotland. So that's that's more football and soccer. Like, why are you why the why the transfer over here? Um, story. Well, most of us, I wasn't very good at those things, but uh, you know, we learned uh, you know golf, rugby, uh, what we call football. You guys call soccer. Growing up, and um, I came on vacation to visit my aunt who lives in Texas, and uh, I saw a couple of guys playing basketball. I was like 12 years old. And uh, instantly, I was kind of just withdrawn into it. And uh, they taught me like how to shoot a layup, how to dribble, stuff like that. So when I came home, I looked up for basketball clubs uh, back in Scotland, and there was a couple. So I joined one at 13, and I uh, just fell in love with it ever since. So how old were you when you moved over here in 2005? Um, I was 24. I was 24 when I was in yeah. 36 now. So, I mean, what's that? Tell me about it. Or you had to leave family? Uh, yeah, all my family's over there. I actually, um, I was coaching. Uh, every summer, I would come and uh, coach at a basketball camp called Coach Wooten's Camp. Uh, the legendary Morgan Wooten, who coached at DeMatha. His son, uh, Joe Wooten, who I ended up working for at Bishop O'Connell High School, had a camp. So I'd come across every year and um, work at the camp for three years. And then I, I met uh, a girl, and uh, we ended up getting married. Um, she was American, lived in Virginia. And uh, we moved across. So I moved across here to be with her in 2005. And I started working for Bishop O'Connell High School, um, nationally ranked program at the time, and uh, with my wife as well. So. so love brought you over here, but not basketball. Uh, a bit of both. A bit of both. <laughs> love and basketball. 
<laughs> okay, how did you get this opportunity first off to work with a legend like that with a coach? Coach, uh, just be at the camp. I mean, I was so thirsty and hungry because we had nothing like that in Scotland. So I was getting up, working at extra stations in the morning, uh, working on some of the guys who went to his high school, uh, just networking, and just around a lot of good guys, a lot of good people who who saw that I was genuinely, you know, interested and want to work hard. I, I never thought I could end up, you know, working for these guys. So when I moved across to America, uh, Joe Wooten, the, the son of Morgan Wooten, uh, he said to me, hey, I'm looking for a, a freshman assistant. Uh, would, you, would you like to come on board? And I was, you know, I was, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And that summer, I had so much time on my hand, I started working out with a lot of players. And uh, before we actually started the season, um, he put me on the varsity as an assistant. And uh, it was just great for me. We had a lot of good players at the time and just kind of all kicked off from there. You just blew up, man, like one, not even a year into it, and you're like, oh, he's killing it. Let's move him up to varsity. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it was actually a player called Jason Clark. Uh, we ended up playing Georgetown for four years. Uh, but I still work him out. I still train him right now. He plays over in Belgium uh, in the Euro Cup. And uh, he and I got very close. Uh, we're very similar, uh, kind of quiet. But, you know, we're both kind of kind of quiet introverts, but then just really hard workers and love to be in the gym. So we kind of formed a relationship in terms of just always working out. And I think Coach Wooten saw that. So then he asked me to come on board. I was kind of Jason's guy. And it just kind of all took off from there. Then we were a lot of talented players in that program. Okay, last question before in the past. Before that, though, so you, you did your thing. You woke up early. You helped out with drills. But before that, how did you even get the opportunity to, to be in the same, the, the same presence as these guys in the same camp? I mean, the, the camp was an invite uh, from, from a guy I knew in Scotland. Um, I was over doing a – I was coaching the game in Scotland. And after the game, it was a really close game. He said to, he came out to me and said, hey, that was a really good game you coached. I was like, oh, thanks. I, I didn't even know him. And he said to me, uh, what are you doing for the summer? And I'm like, it's kind of a random question, you know, to ask somebody. And I said, nothing, just working. You know, this is while I was still in Scotland. And he said, well, how would you like to come and join uh, me at a camp over in D.C.? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to do that. Thinking nothing would come of it. And he kept calling me every week and uh, he brought me across and kind of showed me the ropes. So it was just kind of, I, I think you always um, uh, meet great opportunities by working hard. And the fact that I was, you know, coaching there, working hard, he saw that. And then I got the opportunity to, to go to the camp in America. So that was it. Now, was Drills and Skills born when you started coaching that summer? Uh, much later, much later. Um, I coached at Bishop O'Connell High School for six years. Um, now, for me, it was it was very different because I don't know how American high schools worked. You know, coming from Europe, uh, like we don't have lockers in terms of the hallway. We don't have the some of the same classes you guys have. The schedule. Com uh, high school basketball is not really competitive in Scotland. It's more club basketball, like kind of AAU. So it was very different for me to learn, but I was very fortunate. I started coaching AAU, uh, really good programs out there, as well as doing basketball. And, but I was always working guys out, and that was kind of my way of getting into the game. When I was on the varsity, we had a lot of good good staff members, and what, what I did to kind of separate myself was I really liked film. So I would watch the games after we played the game, watch them on the camera, uh, and I would edit the film. And nobody was really doing it in the program, so I think that's where a lot of my kind of edit and the film work comes from. I was really always into that. Like it was, I used to like staying up late, watching the game film, breaking it down for the guys, bringing a certain player and say, hey, you know, you do this more in your jump shot or you're, you're kind of you're disappearing when we go zone, you know, stuff like that. So I was six years at O'Connell, and then I was the head coach at St. James High School in Maryland, which is the boarding school, for two years. And things were good there, but it was just really tough. Uh, I was actually going through a divorce at the time, traveling an hour and a half, sorry, yeah, an hour and a half to get to the practice, an hour and a half back. It was, it was really rough. So um, I decided to resign, and I was thinking I was 
30, I think I was 33 then, and I resigned. And I really didn't know what was going to take shape after that. And then a, a guy said to me, hey, I work out this kid. Um, would you like to work him out for me? I'm moving out of town. And I was like, no, nah, I'm trying to take a break from basketball, see, what's, you know, see what else I can do in life. And he said, well, you know, the, the, the kid's dad will pay you 50 bucks to work him out. So I said, uh, okay, you know, I'll do it. So I worked out the kid, and within like three or four weeks, he got the uh, MVP of his little house league thing. And before you knew it, I had like 10 or 12 clients. So it started building up and building up, and then some of my former players saw that I was doing because I posted a video on Instagram. And they were like, oh, Coach Paul, are you training that? And I was like, yeah, I guess I am. And then before you knew it, like within three months, I had like 40 clients, and it just kept growing and growing from there. So it's kind of it. So these guys, did you know about basketball training space while you were doing this or before you were doing this? Say that again, sorry. Did you know anything about the basketball training space before you started training yourself? I didn't. I just always did it for the guys in the offseason in high school, getting shots up, uh, working on being more explosive off the dribble, you know, working on passing off the dribble. I just always knew the skill piece, and I was always, I felt like I was always good at explaining things and putting things into details. And then once I posted on Instagram, you know, the guys were like, oh, you should make up a name for your for what you're doing. So there's a guy who used the name Skills and Drills, and I always liked that. So I actually called him and I said, hey, would you mind if I used the name to switch, switch it around? He's like, yeah, no problem. And then we did it. And then I saw what other trainers were doing online. And I said, hey, you know, I can do that. You know, I can really provide good content. And then I just kind of learned how it all worked. And it just kind of took off from there. Okay, you did that, and this is man. So you you started a lot more recently than I thought. Yeah, about um, about two and a half years ago. Did you have any kind of social media following before that? No, no. I actually, my one of my guys that works with me, Coach Walsh, he always teases me because I didn't even know what a hashtag was. Like I was really when I started Instagram, I was really I thought it was like Facebook. And I started downloading all these pictures. He said, that's not how it works, coach. Like, you got to do it. <laughs> so I just kind of looked at what trainers were doing around me. And, uh, I, like, for example, I'm, I'm not a player. You know, people always comment and, you know, they send me rude messages. And, you know, I'm not in great shape. And I was never really a great player. And I recognized that wasn't my strength. Like, if I go in there and demonstrate or tell you how to do this, it's not really going to translate. But I can break it down for you. You know, that's why I do the voiceovers. I can break the scale down. And my thing is, you know, how, how better can you make somebody else? And that's what I always kind of pride myself on. And I, I, people started to like it, which was good. Man, so you, wow, you have a huge following to not have any kind of following two years back. You know, what do you think, that, what can you credit to that? What did you learn or what's your secret, I guess, for? I think just consistent substance. Um, a lot of stuff I watch online is really good, but I'll see some stuff that I just really don't get. Like if I'm a kid watching that or a coach watching that, like somebody doing like, you know, five behind the back moves to a spin finish, Euro step. I mean, it's cool, it's good, but can you really learn from that? So I just said to myself, you know, I'm not really in that same market because I can't do that. I know I can. And I think just kind of knowing your strengths, like my strength is teaching you. My strength is, is details. So I would show a move, explain what the move was, voice over the move and then show it in slow motion and people would say hey coach that's good but how do i get this how, how do i make my jump shot better how do i make it more consistent so i just really tried to appease and, and teach so I, I think i just i think i kind of i created a, a niche for myself and just kind of went from there and just always like people always say to me how do you get a bigger fall and i think it's just substance 
I think if you have good substance, people are going to follow, you know, and some people say, oh, then did you pay for advertising? And I get all these messages saying, hey, we can, you know, you pay us X amount and we'll, we'll put you on your page. I never did that because, I mean, I love having all the followers and having that, that audience, but it's not what it's about, you know, like I think you've got to provide good substance. So I never, I never did that. I just wanted to build good substance that people enjoy. How do you, that's interesting, yeah, because the advertising, you have not used any, everything's organic. You know, and I know people who've done paid advertising who don't have as big as hundred percent. I pride myself on that. Hundred percent organic. Do you plan to do any kind of advertising anytime soon? Um, I mean, I advertise the product I have in terms of I do an online training package. Like I'll advertise that on my own, but I don't advertise for followers now. I mean, I don't um, pay for followers now. Man, you, you are you are uh, charging very little for that online program per month. Or yeah, I, I tried it first of all doing a subscription fee of twenty dollars a month. Um, but I found with you know working a full time job, having kids, doing the training, uh, and posting the free content, I felt like it was a lot for me to, to keep up with it. So we got like fifty people signed up, you know, and that, that was kind of it. So we ended it, and then I just did packages. So like uh, it's a ball handling package; you get to keep it for life. It's online; you can download it anywhere, and it's nine ninety nine. And I, I thought to myself, I want to put the price low because I don't want to rip anybody off. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's really good content, you know. So just get out there. So I guess it's obviously more premium, and people are not paying for a subscription anymore. They're paying for just one package for, for nine. You just pay a one-time fee of nine ninety-nine, and I kind of did it like um, a long time ago. I did Insanity. I still need to do it, <laughs> but you know, like they give you like a program for four or eight weeks. So I made a, a five-day a week, uh, five-day a week, four-week program, and I've got two ball handling packages, one shooting package, and two finishing moves like floaters, jump stop, pro hop, stuff like that. And like say if you want to improve your ball handling, just go to the link in my bio, you click on it and you download it and it's yours to keep for life. And you can use it for four weeks, you can use it for a year, you can use it for however long you like. But I think it's it's got some really good stuff on there. Uh, I bet, but you, you give out so much so much free content though. What what do you say to the trainers and to the athletes? Athletes who are saying, I ah, have too much stuff, I see it online, why would I buy it? And the trainer's mm -hmm. saying he's giving away too much content. That's, that's a good, it's a good point. Um, uh, I had an ex-girlfriend once used to get mad at me for putting up so much free content. And I get it, I mean, from the business side of it, but I just love sharing the game. Um, obviously, I, I want to make money off it as well, obviously, but I love sharing the game. And I think that with the packages, they are a little different. They're more detailed, but it gives you structure. Like for, I may post on my, on my Instagram, I may post a post workout, a ball handling workout, and then how to use a screen. But if you buy the program, you have it there so it's telling you every day step by step what to do. So if we're working on a crossover, we're gonna go over the crossover, the fundamentals, the basics, the counter move, the second counter, all stuff like that. So it's more it's more organized. That's what I, I believe. Okay, more organized. So how do you let me go back then, because you are obviously at a full time job right now. How do you balance that with your training? Uh, I don't sleep much, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I do, I work nine to five at a university and then once it's five o'clock, I'm right in the gym and we usually do five o'clock, six o'clock and 7 p.m. workouts. Um, I do take the entire Saturday off for myself. Uh, I have two small kids and we spend the entire Saturday and I, I don't budget. I make that's that's my day. Like I don't, I make that my completely no basketball day. And then Sundays, you know, I go to church, I spend time with the kids and then Sunday evenings, I, I sometimes go as well. So I really... It's a lot, but I mean, I love it. I get tired sometimes, but I just I enjoy it. I love it, so I just make it work. So even in the summertime, when kids are ready and available, they want to work out, they have to wait until five to see you. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I would love to get off the full-time job, but I mean, it's, you know, it's, 
pays the bills, so I keep it going. Yeah, but it's it's good. I mean, in the summertime, it's a little different because AAU people traveling, camp stuff like that. Uh, people are always asking me to do camps. I did one last year, and it was fun. Uh, we almost um, invited thirty kids because it was a smaller gym, but it was a lot of fun. But I think because I have the full time job, it's very tough to just run camps the whole time. I think Karan got one. Yeah, it was Karan. He told me about it, and he 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 suggested that I because I left my full time job for this. He oh, suggested nice. he's like, man, don't don't be asking grandma for money. And he he told he said a lot more stuff. I won't tell all yeah. the advice he gave me, but basically it was the same thing. Like, yo, having a job is not a bad thing with doing the training. Do you use your money from your daytime job in any way to invest? capital into like a videographer or some of it i mean some of it i mean i do have um i do a lot of my own videoing in the gym that's why i'm not in all of my videos and sometimes i'll have other people uh, video for me i do have two people that i use but i'll pay them from funds made from the business i try and keep them separate you know just taking care of the kids and stuff like that but you know i, I use it mostly from the business like when i'm buying t-shirts and stuff like that are you like using Adobe Premiere or using just like iMovie to, to I actually just use iMovie. I use iMovie. Uh, for some of my YouTube stuff, I use uh, Final Cut Pro on the MacBook. I'm a big fan of the Mac. Uh, Final Cut Pro is good, but most of that stuff you see is just on, is on, on the iPhone. Wow, man. So there's no excuse. Like you've built 180-something thousand people off of a phone. Yeah, and it was funny when I first started doing it. I didn't even have a laptop. I mean, I was really like raw to this. Like, I didn't have a laptop. I had an iPhone six, and uh, you know, I used to hold the phone this way. You know, people would yell at me because it has the black, you know, the lines in between. Yes, yeah, it's kind of widescreen. Yeah, I mean, I really learned, but I think because I had that that history of um, uh, doing the film when I was a high school coach, I think that really helped me know what to look for. But I, I would watch the guys like, you know, I know Johnny uh, Dribble Too Much from Handle Life. We've done a couple of clinics together, like him and BMAC and PGF Performance. I'd watch their videos and I would see what people were liking the most. And I would try and not copy their drills, but I would try and use the same kind of angles and close-ups or distance shots, stuff like that. Um, I, I actually love photography. I'd love, to, I'd love to do photography one day. I mean, I just don't have time for it, but I love like looking at it's like the university i work at have a photography field and i i'm often checking out like i really like photography so oh so you like go to the department and talk to the students and learn a little bit stuff like that yeah i really i really like photography it's, it's a big kind of uh, it's a secret passion of mine yeah <laughs> same i was a videography student i love going back um, and figuring out what they use yeah yeah i, I, remember, I remember when i first watched uh david williams Ten Thousand hours uh he's a guy i haven't connected with yet i'd love to i, I love um his attention to detail. And people, I mean, it's a, a compliment to, to me, I guess, not so much him, but people would tell me a lot that were kind of similar in a way in terms of how we, you know, teach and narrate and stuff like that. But he's always a guy that I've wanted to connect with. He's, I love what he does. I can't imagine like you guys, you edit, you work a full-time job. He works, he does, I don't know if he works a full-time job. It's more time that you're putting on it, but obviously it pays off. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. I think like sometimes like I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll be in for the night and I've, I've watched some of the playoffs and it's ready to go to bed and I'll, I'll be just be on my phone, just like just editing, editing. And I just, I, I lose track of time. I'm not trying to sound corny, but I, I do. I just lose track of time. Like I love it. So how many times do you post per day? Uh, usually three. I try and do it in the morning, afternoon, and evening. Try and tailor it to people getting off work and going on there. But people are on their phones so much these days. I think, uh, you know, I listened to a lot of Gary uh, Vaynerchuk, the motivational speaker, and uh, he said a good thing once. He said, yeah, he's my guy. Uh, he, he said once that uh, 
He said, if you've got good content, just get out there. Stop worrying about the time. Stop worrying if five people like it or 5,000 people like it. It's, if, it's, if it's good enough, the right people are going to see it. And I believe that. Like, I used to post videos and I would see, like, or way back in the day, we get like 200 views. And I would see somebody else's video and say, oh, man, he got 2,000. And my video was way better. Like, I, I did this. I put slow-mo in it. I did this. And then I just stopped comparing after a while. So, you know what? The right people are going to see it. And that, that's what matters. You know, just if the right people see it, it doesn't matter if it gets 1,000 views or a million. You know, like sometimes I'll post a video. I don't think that I posted a video the other day that wasn't that good. And it got a million views, like 1 million. I'm just like, that's crazy. And then I posted one that I spent a lot of time on, the rating it, breaking down, and it got like 6,000, which is great. But I mean, in comparison to the million, it just doesn't make sense, you know? So I think you just gotta, if you've got good stuff, get out there, that's what I say. So, so tell me about that video then. Have you found a science to what works, or, or just tell me about it? Every time I think I've found a, a code, an equation of how it works, I, I get stumped. It never, it never pans out. Like I say, okay, people like this shot of this type drill, and I'll do it again, and I don't get the same viewers. Uh, it's, it's, it, yeah, social. It, it's a beast. I mean, I think it's, it can be a, a you know, it can be heaven and hell. Uh, social media it really is. I mean, when I first was building this, I, there was a while where I, I didn't become obsessed, but I was really focused on getting followers and getting likes. And I felt like once I started to not focus on that so much, I started to get more. Uh, but I think consistency is the key. Substance and substance and consistency is the key. That's what I think. Yeah, so, so tell me your ultimate goal. Like, what is what is the end goal for? Um, I mean, I, I've had a lot of things going on in my head. You know, like people have spoken to me about investing in a, a training center. Um, I really want to. I'd love to be like sell more online packages and do live streams. Live streams is something that I'm really looking into right now. I've got a lot of requests for that. Uh, to do a live stream coaching clinic where you pay ten bucks, twenty bucks, and you can just tune in from wherever you are for three hours, and we can we can take questions like you know, do ball screens, how to beat a zone offense, stuff like that. You know, I have a couple of NBA contacts who are uh, developers, uh, player development coaches in the NBA that I've spoken to as well. My door is kind of wide open. Um, I'm just going to follow my heart and whatever God's plan is and just just kind of go. I, so I, I'm really long-winded, but I really don't know the answer to that question right now. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, no such thing as long-winded, man. This is your your interview, so that that's interesting. Like, I so many people say I've thought about that. Like the live stream, of course, I've thought about it too. But who's going to execute? And you have the bandwidth, you have the connections to do something like that. So I would love to see you pull that off. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm very fortunate that I got the following for it. But I, I think, like, I remember when I did my when I did my monthly subscription to the to the online product. And I thought it was really good and it didn't do so well. Like, I, I guess one thing that I've really learned through this game is just, you know, if, if you lose, you lose. Just move on. You know, like, so the live stream, like, if I do it and it doesn't work, let's try something else. You know, I'm not really afraid to, to fail as much anymore, you know? So, so you're still, you're st you still fail is what you're saying. On a oh, for sure, yeah, for sure, yeah. Sometimes I'll, I'll do a video or something that I think is going to be really good, and it's not. And it's just, just learning, you know, just learning. Yeah. Man, that's pretty good. Coach, where can we, we find out more of what you're doing? Uh, obviously, on my Instagram, um, you know, at Drills and Skills B-Ball. Uh, I have a website as well called IWantSkills.com. Uh, we made up that name a long time ago, uh, IWantSkills.com. So a lot of it's on there. Uh, I'm going to start posting my summer and fall clinics and camps. I'm going to be attending, stuff like that as well. But most of my stuff is always on my Instagram. Man, Coach, I really appreciate that. Is there anything else you want to leave the trainers with? Uh, are you, you good? Get everything um, off? You know me, if anybody has any questions for me, you know, please DM me or email me. I try to get back to almost everybody. 
Um, there's, I get a lot of questions. I really try my hardest to get back to them because I, I just think connection and, and working with people are great. I, mean, I can learn from so many people and hopefully they can learn from me. And I just want to thank you for you know taking the time to interview me. I really appreciate it and, and what you're doing and the movement. And if there's any way I can support it, you know, please let me know. Thanks for tuning in to Basketball to Business Podcast. If you like what you heard, go ahead and follow me on Instagram and Snapchat at MySonJones. And if you are not like me and don't need to burn all bridges, quit your day job and only bank on a plan A, and you want to make some money on the side by doing basketball training, check out www.hoopsinstitute.com and sign up for a free 30-day trial. And until next time, and remember, you are not alone in your journey to reach your dreams.